It's Friday, September 3rd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. We also have Darren Zook on the show today, and maybe we'll have some other people dropping in. We never know. This is an awesome new way that we're doing the show. But how's it going, fellas? What up? It's, uh, it's Friday, and uh, yeah. college football started. And uh, did y'all check that uh, UCF-Boise State game last night? I thought UCF was about to get stomped going down what? like 21-0. No. And uh, it's funny. I, I feel like people I don't know about Boise State. State. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had them oh, both on. Um, well, that's the I thing, dude. It's them. like, well, I know you know about them. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I feel like maybe people that didn't go to school when we did don't realize that Boise State is legit. Like, yeah. they dominate their conference every yep. year. And they were, they were a bigger deal, I think. 2005 2010 time frame uh whenever they they were getting a lot of national recognition maybe for for some of the first time but i just think that when i think of boise state i think of a school that loses very few football games and, yeah, and ucf mountain west all the time yeah 100 percent of the time it's like and i checked i was like well what, what was their 2019 record when we had a normal one it was like they lost one game i mean they just they just don't lose often and then ucf i think is i i only know them more recently in the last i think i knew about them when good. They are good. They, in 2018, I think they were undefeated. That was like the first time I really heard about UCF. And so I thought, I thought to myself, when I saw this, I was like, this is going to be a hell of a game. I go on Twitter and everyone's just bashing this game. It's like as if it's like what? a high school game. It is not at all. Like a bunch That's of these crazy. players are legit. But that game came down to it was like a 36-31 finish and UCF won after being down like 21. Wow. Yeah, it was like a tale of two halves. It was, it was isn't, really uh, isn't isn't UCF on the docket to uh, join the Big Twelve? They're one that? of the ones they're considering. Is UCF? I I personally think Boise State should be too. Like yeah. I don't know why Boise State would BYU, be. I saw BYU, UCF, University of Houston, and Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. I mean, and all yeah. of those schools make sense too. I'm not discounting any one of those four schools. I just right. think Boise that Boise State, State so. has earned a is earned a seat at the table if we're going to be expanding conference. So, yeah, just my thought. Yep, cool, man. So yeah, uh, yeah no, I watched the Ohio State game last night. Uh, I had that on as well. I was pulling from Minnesota. I got a bunch of friends dude, up there. Yeah, I think uh, group I mean, chat was a, nuts. I have a brother in law that that goes to um, Ohio State or went to Ohio State, but uh, dude, yeah, if if they could lose early. You know, that'd make it a little bit easier for me from a path, <laughs> path perspective. Uh, I'm really hoping Georgia beats Clemson uh, this weekend. That would be, be awesome. Game. That's That'll be, be awesome. Game. But I, I can't say, say I, all that. I got to worry about my own team and we got to win our own games. I, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so Ohio State is a bad word as a as a Penn State kid. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. And that's what makes college football great. That's right. Yeah. Just that right so, there. So, uh, Today in college football history, because uh, it's now a college football podcast, now that the college football season has begun. Uh, <laughs> That's no, right. All right. Uh, today in tech history, September 3rd, you got to tell me the year, this little company, this online auction site, it was launched as Auction Web by Pierre Omidyar. The first Ooh. item sold, a broken laser pointer, wasn't actually intended to sell, but rather to test the new site. Uh, itself, it, it started as a hobby. Uh, surprised that the item sold for $14.83, OmiDR contacted the buyer to make sure he knew the laser pointer was broken. Is this, does any of this sound familiar? Uh, to which was replied, I'm a collector of broken laser pointers. <laughs> From that first $14.83, 
OmiDR is now worth billions of dollars. Uh, this little website is called eBay. You may have heard of it. What year am I talking about? I can't say the 80s, and that makes me so mad. <laughs> um, I mean, you can, but you'll be wrong. You can, but you'll be wrong. I got this. I got it. I think I'm going to say 98. Let's go. I was going to say 96. 95. Ooh, Darren dang. with the victory. All right. Well, good job. Did y'all know that was a good year? The, Golden Eye released you know that, that with the broken laser pointer thing? I did not. That's awesome. I didn't. That's pretty I funny. Had, I had no clue. I also didn't know that eBay launched as a different site. I just always knew it as eBay, which I'm sure auction true web. most people. Yeah. Auction web. Auction web. All right, cool. Uh, that's today in tech history. Um, what do we have for uh, for modern tech news, Darren? I know you were pulling up a bunch of stuff. What do you got? Yeah, there were there were a few interesting ones this morning. Um, I saw we have successfully drilled uh, a, a core sample. Uh, from Rock on Mars, which is Ooh. pretty cool. Um, yeah, the thing that's interesting from the rover. Yeah, using using the Perseverance mm -hmm. rover. I so Elon that. didn't do this. Elon did not do this. No. Okay. No. But, All right. But I think and they're just leaving is, it there, right? It, well, just for, for, for it to be collected later. Yes. Yeah. For it to be collected later, which I think is the most interesting part, because ultimately they do want to bring these back to study them. Uh huh. Uh, but it would be, you know, obviously much later missions where we would have to be able to go and retrieve said core samples mm -hmm. um but after the initial images uh, of the rock were taken the rover vibrated its drill bit and tube for five one second bursts to clear both uh of any residual material from outside of the tube and then it uh, went through and drilled a hole um and they've got a picture of, of a rock with a perfectly drilled hole in it so uh hmm. yeah pretty cool do you know how deep it went because i'm thinking it's only like you know a foot or maybe a foot and a half or something like that it, I'm pretty sure it was less than that. The CNN article okay. that was that's that I, I found doesn't actually. I don't think it actually says. Okay, but just for the point of our listeners, we aren't taking like Mars core crust samples. You know, this is like surface level, like what's in the dirt. That's right. all. I, I love that your first thought is is that the assumption is is that humans are ruining another planet. Uh, but no, is that we, what I we took a, a small no, chunk. I, That's what it, guys, just so you know, we're not taking anything out of the core of the planet. No, that, I didn't mean <laughs> it that way. Little no. samples. <laughs> no, I didn't mean about ruining it. I meant, I, I, I wondered if people thought, you know, we're like when people hear drilling into the earth, you know, or drilling into Mars, maybe they imagine these big like industrial drills and they're going down thousands of feet or something to go pull some sample from the inside of Mars. Not no, no comment about ruining the planet or not just hey basically this is like a scoop of sand from the the surface is all i mean it, it, like, and then the irony is when we go and we look up the funding for nasa to send things and exxon mobile is the leading funder for for the mission and they sent <laughs> something up there to drill for oil right That's yeah but the sample is going to come back home yeah and they're going to they're going to tear it apart and they're going to be like oh yeah cool it's it's dust and dirt and crushed rock cool um so anyway no it's neat that we're doing it though yeah, maybe yeah, we'll find sure. out the essence of life in that rock. You don't know. Could be. Could be. Perseverance is up there, just still working hard. Okay. Heard anything, has there been anything recently on the um, the drone that they have up there? I yeah, seen uh, they were doing some flight tests. Uh, they did a bunch of different stuff. I don't know that it's doing anything else. They said they were uh, going to do. I want to say like five or six different tests. Um, they did some um, 
just like planned flight missions. And then I think that was it just to see. And this is basically like, hey, can can a propeller helicopter style thing fly on Mars? Right. So but no, I don't think it's like found anything in the atmosphere or seen anything that, that is new at this point. I know I sound like really negative. Maybe I'm coming across negative on all this no, Mars exploration all. stuff. This negative morning. Nancy. But no, I, it's ex, it's exciting for sure. I mean, there's value to it. If, if we want to go and, and you know, uh, live on another planet, we're going to have to know these things. So It's just remarkable to me that we can control and observe this thing as far away as it is. And we struggle with Wi-Fi connections sometimes here. Uh, it's just, just <laughs> incredible, the things that... Right they can be done yeah uh, i got a little bit of piece of news here that is disappointing to me because i read it wrong i'm going to read it the way i read it and then i'm going to read it the way it actually is okay <laughs> amazon is reportedly planning to release a amazon branded tv service as soon as october so i'm thinking they're making amazon tv to compete with youtube tv and right whatever else that's yeah. not it amazon is, is is looking to release an amazon branded tv as soon as October, which is far oh. more disappointing. Um, yeah, so they're just they're just stealing the technology that they sell, which is nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean they're just going to take you know I'm sorry a fire so stick this and put it and put it into a TV. This is something to be negative about because I felt like I've always thought that Amazon yeah. would play in the TV space eventually. I mean they've been pushing for yeah. deals for I think they have Thursday night football now. They have a lot of Thursday night football stuff. I know a different some college stuff. They've talked about trying to make a deal with. Google or Amazon. So I'm surprised that that this isn't a TV service, which is funny. I read it and I was excited to talk about it on the show. So I went and found the article again and then I read it again and realized that wasn't it. I got to go call the people and tell them like Amazon's going to release a TV service. And I got to tell them that that's not true because yeah. I definitely told like three people already this morning. So how do you, well, but to that point, how do you, how would you even, because I'm trying to write it for the topic summary. How do you even say what it is they're releasing? Because if I write Amazon TV, it just sounds like it, when Apple said, we're coming out with Apple TV, I was like, oh, Apple's going to create a TV. Nope, they're creating a do, TV service. Right. So, an Amazon branded TV. An Amazon branded TV. So it's going even... to be like literally Amazon yeah. on the TV, the, the physical yep. TV. The logo is going to no be the little party smiley manufacturers, face. All that kind of stuff. The, way, yeah, that, exactly. the way that I'm envisioning this is just another like cheap uh, kind of low cost alternative uh, Amazon Basics product. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, out there. Yeah, they're they're out there just going for as low end in the market as they can go, and and they want to offer the cheapest TV. Which more power yeah. to them if they can do it. I, I just I don't know the TV the TV market already is so crowded. Um, it is. So it really is. TVs it is. I thought there was only Samsung. And price. Are there other TV brands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i mean basically they're trying to yeah they're trying to go do uh what vizio did again but on a bigger scale well there aren't that many makers of the panels anymore either i think i think right what sony lg and samsung are like the three pretty much you're gonna have one of those three um in there for the most part toshiba right do they do they make their own panels panels. yeah i don't know i don't know lg did you say lg yeah, LG definitely makes the panels yes. OLED for yeah. sure. They they own that yeah. space. Um, yeah, so this was uh, disappointing, and uh, I probably won't own an Amazon branded TV. Although I do have Amazon Fire TV sticks all over the place. So mm, you know, TCL, that's another one of the the like real um, TCL. TCL ones, right? has 
I think they have an agreement still with Roku, if I recall correctly, where they they actually mm. manufacture a Roku branded TV, you know, under the TCL banner. Yeah, still, but it's like got the I Roku software baked into it. Is Roku mm. po- uh, um, are they profitable? Anyone know? I feel like I've always wondered about how They've well they be. do. I'm looking it up, but yeah, the uh, I've never I've never been a big fan of the smart TV software i disable it or i don't connect it to the internet for all of my tvs i tend to just obviously use my fire tv sticks and rotate those around i like for the experience to be the exact same on every tv you go into my house because it prevents any uh technical support problems uh, within the household not 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 only that but but i think (laughs) most of the most of the tv software that's out there are are giant gaping security holes inside of your house so yeah 100 percent uh in fact i just ordered something called a firewalla have either of you heard of that? I believe two hundred twenty does ring a bell. Two hundred twenty-two million. Oh, wait a second. This is a good question, dude. Because I'm looking at gross profit, and then I'm looking at operating expenses. This is for Roku. Yep. Uh, operating income. Uh, end of year. What is? Some of this isn't isn't making sense. But I'm looking at negative numbers across the board, and then I see. I don't think they're profitable, man. I don't think so. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Sorry. Hold on. How many users did you say? You were about to say a user account, I, I think. Say. Oh, I'm you didn't? Sorry, what, Darren, what were you saying? I don't know. No, no I thought you, you were given some number, but I was looking at a user no, number. I was from looking at 2019. Revenue. Oh, you're yeah. looking at revenue? No, they, had, they, so they do like a past two years. So 2019 and 2020, past two complete years, they did over a billion in, in revenue. Um, okay. Last year, 2020, their cost of doing business 970 million dollars gross profit 808 million dollars operating expenses 828 million dollars their operating income negative 20 million dollars yeah so not great Um, as of as of the first quarter of 2021 roku reported a total of 53.6 million monthly active users in the united states how are they not making money that was what what time frame uh like as of the year? first quarter yeah first quarter of 2021 so they have almost doubled since 2019 in 2019 of may they had 29.1 million active users it, it also says and no profit um in the headline in from 2019 <laughs> yeah. um not no profit they're losing money yeah it's crazy um how much um how much the streaming game has grown over the past two years. And I think obviously pandemic is a big part of it, but I think it was growing regardless. I think a lot of people moving. I mean, we've been about for about 18 months now, we've been completely off of any form of cable or satellite. We holistically use IPTV across the entire house. So, and it's been great. It really has other than uh, the, you know, issues with the providers and the stations and getting Mavs games. That's been very disappointing. But other than that, it's been good. Looks like oh, they yeah. started I making. Crazy. I found a more, I found a more uh, recent uh, statement here that goes into the first half of this year. It looks like they actually started making some money coming into this year. Okay. Their Q2, they uh, they made sixty nine million. Their Q1, they made seventy five million. Oh, good. The, the reason why I ask is actually out of concern because I don't want Roku to go away. I don't. I don't have Roku in my house. I've used it before. It's, yeah, I, I could easily use it versus using my Fire TV. I will say that I use the um, voice search with Alexa on the Fire TV mm-hmm. all the time, which is the primary reason why I keep them because it makes things so much easier. 
and I've used at other people's homes the voice search that they added to the Roku, and it's not very good compared. So that's that's one reason why I stay. But I have worried because Amazon, you know, whatever. If Fire TV doesn't make them any money, they, you know, they're comfortable losing money. <laughs> Amazon right. runs on the most razor thin profit margins of all time, and they just roll with it. So they they're comfortable in that in that realm. But Roku is a standalone. I, I don't want it to go away because I feel like they make each other better and they're the top mm-hmm. two in the streaming service market by far so you know it's it's cool to see them actually starting to come above water a little bit so here's a hot take uh here's a tweet hot amazon take? could end up killing samsung tv sales in the u.s what not if russ has anything to do with it no here's another here's another take amazon is reportedly Sammy making its some own... links amazon is reportedly making its own tvs because of course it is <laughs> 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 I I just I do you guys agree with that? I feel like the answer is it, I don't see them what? going after the one? same market. Well, they're going to make no. it. But I mean, killing no, Samsung no. sales. No, I don't. Those think are different, so. buyers. different buyers. I have I have a Sony TV right here. The moment that I start seeing those numbers go down for Samsung, I'm replacing it with a Sammy. I'm doing it. I've got an LG upstairs. Replacing it. They're all going to be Samsungs. I don't actually I, care I think Amazon Samsung. But I do like their TVs. So I kind of said it earlier, but Amazon TVs are going to compete with Vizio and TCL. Right. That's my take. And Vizio, you know, I think is probably top value brand, in my opinion. I think from what I've seen over the years, they've done a really good job of sort of yeah. carving out a niche market of, you know, value for the for the money that you spend. Correct. And, yeah, that, and, that's know, my that's, take on that's it where Amazon's gonna, top value gonna brand is going to be Vizio. Yeah, and Amazon's going to yeah. go after them. For sure. Amazon basically. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, right. you're not going to see any of them show up in Best Buys or anything, right? It's not no. going to be. It's that interesting because they actually have a partnership with Best Buy selling Amazon, right? Not branded, but Amazon Fire TVs. So it's like the TVs that have Fire OS. See, now you got me all confused. If that's, if that's what it called on there. <laughs> Fire that Stick. Is an interesting strategy, though. I mean, because they have a Fire yeah. OS preloaded on the TV. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like Roku does with others. So they have a similar approach. That has existed for a while, though, having TVs that just have that preloaded into it. Heck, there are sound bars that have ROF preloaded into them. So What? Yeah. A sound bar? Okay. Yeah. All right. So I got one for you guys. Um, I'm, I'm curious for both of your takes on this, since you're both car guys. GM suspends production at North American plants amid ongoing chip shortages. Not really yeah. surprised. I mean, uh, they completely suspended production. Yeah. Uh, well, so, they, so this it, happens. This happens it, a lot in car manufacturing. Uh, if they don't get a part or they don't have just something is not quite right, they'll suspend. Well, I say happens a lot. It has happened a lot in the past 18 months due to the pandemic, due to chip shortages, due to right. random supplier issues. When you think about how many parts go into a car, if they don't have 4,000 of these widgets because this one widget uh, their manufacturing process got delayed because of a COVID outbreak they had. Well, that's going to affect the production of ju- of this one car at GM, right? So it may be something even totally outside their control. Now you're saying this one is is chip shortages, but over the past two years, we've seen a lot of pauses where basically they go, they just stop making them for a week or two, and that's also why you saw a massive ramp up in the used car uh, prices because people need cars. Yeah. I mean, back in April, there was there was like a two week pause uh, for GM as well as Ford, Honda and BMW. 
um, yep. just because of the shortages. So in, in, in this article, it talks about um, they will temporarily halt production at all but four of their North American factories. And I don't know how many North American factories. But this is big, have. though. Yeah, this yeah, is this big. This is definitely big. This isn't how just like one line. This isn't like we're, we're pausing production on this particular version of a model. Right. But yeah. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't it. know how many manufacturing plants. Yeah, I, I'm curious of that too. But it, it, um, the one thing I think that is most notable there is, you know, you think about both Ford and GM, you know, their their biggest vehicles big, or top selling vehicles are their trucks mostly. And um, in this case, it does call out the, the Chevy Silverado and the GMC Sierra will both be impacted by this. Wow. Uh, it says that overall they have 122 facilities. But this is including assembly plants, which there are 11 of those, uh, 25 stamping, propulsion, component, and battery plants. Uh, so I think 25 of each of those that add up. One, two, three, four. We might have too many now. No, that, it can't be that. And then 19 parts distribution centers and two engineering campuses. So 11 assembly plants. So you're saying they're shutting down all but four assembly plants? That's what it says, yeah. Wow. Wow. Seven of eleven assembly plants. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. remarkable to me. Yeah. I just I haven't even heard an update on the chip shortage problem in a while. Yeah, like I'm, I'm wondering why. You know, we're 18 months into this, and I'm curious as to what is continuing to drive this. Are we just not able? Is this an issue where we just physically cannot make them fast enough, or are we still slowed in? creating them because i'm wondering if because of the demand that built up when we initially when all of this happened and they couldn't make them at that time if we've just never caught up because the rate at which we produce these chips even in normal times isn't fast enough to catch up with the increase of demand is is that maybe more yeah. of the problem because i feel like we should be back to making more of these things now 18 months later but i, I really yeah. don't know I'm pulling some things up here and it's looking like as a comment here, this chain takes about 26 weeks, right? Um, to, to recover. Like once the process starts back up again to producing these chips. Um, and okay. according to for, uh, that's, that's a statement from Ford that that process sure. for them to get them after they say they're going to start making more and they're back online, et cetera, which means that the extra supply TSMC said is coming in the third quarter, uh, probably will not, uh, be online until well after this year. So all these articles I'm pulling up say it's going to be we're going to be into 2022. Uh, we we actually saw yeah. the Cybertruck get pushed to the end of 2022 as yeah. well. I, I don't know if that's chip shortage related or not, but um, I've seen you know, a bunch of people thing. over, uh, especially people who Tesla fans who are seemingly offended by Ford making an electric vehicle, um, talking about how some people talked about the release like. It's like a race to see who's going to release it first. Yeah. Um, I feel pretty confident in Ford being able to make a vehicle. So I bet they're probably going to release it first. But I, neither yeah. here nor there. I, I feel that? like we had seen articles prior to COVID that talked about there was, you know, shortages and, and upcoming shortages in, in a lot of silicon. And it was cr across the board from what I recall. Um I, I was looking to see if I could find a couple of articles that kind of pointed to that. But um, but I think COVID, you know, has just made the situation significantly worse and, and yeah. has, you know, only increased the demand that much more. I feel like we would need Paul for this. But what I was reading was 
less about material shortages for because of COVID, but because of the actual materials used and the prototypes for the Cybertruck are very unlikely to be able to be the mass produced materials for the final vehicle. Mm. And yes. that, and I think this I isn't going to happen until they change what materials they use for that. And that's part of that's the major right. problem. I don't know the validity of that at all. Steel? But that's is what I've seen. Like the that steel in the body panels or something? Yeah, or I think they're it... literally talking about the frame and the body and all of the aspects of building the vehicle, not just the you know more electronic or computer-specific sides of it that are delaying a lot of the other parts, but just the way they physically make the vehicle, materials they use to, to make all of it. There's something to do with what they that they need to change what they're using to actually mass produce the vehicle. I don't know the validity to it, but that's the only thing that I've seen consistently for the last couple of weeks when people have been talking about it. So yeah, uh, I'd be interested to well, hear Paul's take, to be honest, on if he's heard anything yeah. specific to that, because he he'd probably he's probably closer to that than we are. Yeah. And going back to your other statement, though, I couldn't care less which vehicle comes out first. If you're going to talk no about kidding. All these different electric trucks, it's, could not care it's amazing less. how many people really truly do care which one it, comes out first it it's blows amazing. my mind like as if that matters in the long term doesn't nope. at all like not even one comes bit. out a quarter before the other fast forward four years does that matter no people probably and, and don't even remember tyler would probably he be here to make a, a good point about who cares about who comes out with the first run of a first time vehicle first it's you know right. a lot of people probably would, would rather just wait and see the second edition of the first time right. vehicle you know something more refined which i wouldn't blame anyone for so that's yes. just a that's just an interesting thing that people are so so concerned about not only what time it's going to come out but which one comes first but it's well people have a lot of brand so loyalty too i mean you know you look you look that's at true. just the way that the way that we buy you know as consumers in the united states especially like brand loyalty brand loyalty really matters and people get really passionate about about the brands that they regularly buy from so you know there's that side of i it mean i understand there. being passionate about ford but tesla really i mean <laughs> come on <laughs> i just elon just come on the freaking show points. talk to us did you did you hear elon he was um he had some hot takes about Rivian's valuation when they haven't even produced a vehicle that moves yet or something. I, I, it was it was pretty funny. He's like, can we at least force them to like print one of these vehicles before we give them an $80 billion valuation? Which I think is a fair ask. Um, $80 billion but, even seems low to me. Yeah. To yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he should be uh, that worried about it. Aren't those coming out soon? I keep seeing that that's like, that thing is getting close. Yeah, I, I saw something recently about Rivian stuff on Google. Rivian truck September of this year. Rivian has delayed deliveries of the R1T pickup until September. The launch yeah. edition version will arrive first. The other models set to be delivered January 2022, and that truck is ugly as sin, dude. What? The front end of that thing looks terrible. The Rivian, it looks terrible. If you gave me one, I would. You sell are it. so broken. If you think if you, that the Rivian looks worse than the freaking Cybertruck, is that what I said? I didn't Friendship say that. It looks worse. Over. First of all, I didn't say that, but I will say it. It looks worse than the Cybertruck. Because I, well, I know you. I know you love bad. the Cybertruck. Cybertruck is awful. Everything the only about it I is love bad. it is because you and Tyler hate it. Okay, that's why I love it. Let's just get real. But well, what I will fine. say, I'm not surprised to see that you can't form your own decisions without me and Tyler. <laughs> 
Don't forget. To, uh, no, I do like it. I do like it. Rivian Rivian had a great commercial with Bezos going to space, and and they used the Rivian to uh, transport him and all of his mm. Astro buddies out to the launch pad. So uh, they did get their little fifteen seconds of fame with that. But yeah, it's still we haven't seen anything really beyond that. Let's see. If I cover the headlights, the truck looks half decent. You are broken. Like your the, brain. It looks good, good actually. Cancer it, it changed almost, you. Something happened. It did. It did change me. But uh, it looks half decent if you cover those headlights. Those headlights are just trash. Absolute garbage. Embarrassing. Dude. Whoever designed that, embarrassing. All right, Rivian, come find it me. Looks I'm like buying a, one. I'm driving into like Julie's house. It just looks like a USB C port, and I don't understand why. Uh, USB C ports are awesome, and if Apple would realize that, we'd be in a much better world. So, <laughs> those are probably good headlights. If if this thing wasn't a hundred grand, which uh, when I priced it out, that seemed to be about what it would be, somewhere in that general range, um, I would buy one and I would just go drive in your backyard and do donuts, and it would just make me uh, feel happy. Well, that's what I want to do with the with the uh, Cybertruck. I want to drive it over your house, and you know, whatever, show it to you, and then not allow you to touch it, not allow you to get into it. Okay, We're just that won't be a problem because I don't right want to. I don't want to burn my hands on that thing. <laughs> Did you say we don't have a problem then? Because you don't want it anyway. Okay, yeah, I don't, right, I don't, do I don't want to burn my hands. I'm not getting in that truck. No, no, no interest at all. Seriously, it's ugly. Okay, what else we got? <laughs> Your truck's ugly. I don't uh, have a truck anymore. Joke's on you. Oh wait. Oh, I'm the only truck uh, owner here, unless uh, Darren yeah. has one. <laughs> okay, then I win. Uh, let's okay. see. Uh, Anything else about, interesting? You want to talk about Ireland? Ireland's Data Protection Commission on behalf of the EU fines WhatsApp 225 million euro for privacy violations. I did violations. see that. What was the it? What did they largest, do? The second largest fine under GDPR uh, and WhatsApp will appeal. And the thing that frustrates me still so much about this is that WhatsApp had expected a fine like this. They had set aside $75 million to just pay the fine. They just see it as the cost of doing business. Sure. But it's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's 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 worth pointing out that when it does come to fines and punishments related to you know just taking money from a company that pretty much all of them do that. Yeah, um, it's very well, common to do to consider cost of doing business as to you know what you're going to do versus what a fine might be. But I'm curious as to what actually. Yeah, happened the fine here. is the fine is because WhatsApp did not explain to users how WhatsApp processed their personal data. That's, That's a two hundred and twenty-five million dollar fine, or twenty two hundred twenty-five. So, so here's the deal. Euro fine. Well, yeah. So, through the article, if I remember it correctly, um, the the governing body of Ireland that is that was focused on this was trying to decide between a couple different fines that were, I want to say, somewhere around fifty million. They couldn't okay. come to an agreement, so they passed it to a, a you know a higher court in the EU. EU suggested. Uh, $225 million. They said, okay, great. We can agree to that. And they turned around and gave the $225 million fine to WhatsApp. And now WhatsApp is going to appeal it. Yeah, I just... Uh, uh, well, it just seems weird um, and backwards to me. I, it seems like if you don't... You, you need to be very specific about what your problem is if you're charging someone a couple hundred million for, for whatever the problem is. I feel like you well, should be able to decide they on what it I is. I mean, it, that is pretty specific, right? The fine is for not properly explaining to users how WhatsApp processes their personal data. And that's what GDPR is about, is about the personal data. 
And if they're not explaining how you're processing our data, then you have an issue. Yeah, it says the the deep PC's decision today, which which runs a full 266 pages, concludes that WhatsApp failed to live up to the standard required by GDPR. But the the article, and this is the one I'm reading, is a TechCrunch article. It doesn't go into detail in terms of you know exactly what you know was missing. I'm assuming from their terms of service or you know otherwise, but it, it certainly is a little interesting. Uh, I tend to agree with Russ. It, I don't know why you would just throw a fine at them without kind of going into more detail than that. But maybe uh, again, I don't, I don't want to sit there and read through 266 pages. Right. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the thing to me is, is, I mean, the way, the way I understand that data to work is that the, the information they give you on your, on the user of WhatsApp is used to provide personalized ads. The, the context of your texts or phone calls or whatever else is all encrypted. They have no access to it. That's how the data is used. Uh, okay. What more do they need to know specifically? That's that's what I well, need. To, that's what I'm curious about. That's why I need yeah. to know. Well, so so the EU uh, GDPR. So here's the here's a summary of the ten key requirements. Right. Number one, lawful, fair, and transparent processing. Number two, limitation of purpose, data and storage. Number three, data subject rights. Number four, consent. Number five, personal data breaches. Number six, privacy by design. And then data protection impact assessment. Number eight, data transfers. Number nine, data protection officer. Number 10, awareness and training. So I think what they're saying here is there's a lot more that happens within the GDPR scope that WhatsApp doesn't talk about. It doesn't say anything in regards to, hey, if I request access to my information or for you to remove my stuff, how quickly are you gonna do it? All this kind of, in my mind, it's basically like a, a stick to say, hey, WhatsApp, get in line with what GDPR requirements are because you're not. Sure. So, and so maybe they just scare has, them with Facebook million been and they change for, it. Has Facebook been fined for Facebook Messenger and for Facebook platform? Not, not that I know of. No, so here's here's, a here's something that's really interesting over this is that this apparently is the first fine that has been issued in the three years since GDPR has been applied in Ireland. So this is the very first fine that they've actually issued. So my question now is, is this a warning shot across the bow of Facebook and others to, you know, make sure you're in compliance or else? Yeah. I think every GDPR fine is a warning shot. Correct. The first few where anyone yeah. does, uh, for sure. And that might be why why Ireland's, um, uh, what is it called? DCP, the data, uh, DPC, DPC, data process. Yeah. What is it? I forget what it's called. But that may may have been why they started data with a lower number. Commission. Protection Commission. Yeah, thank you. Why they started with a lower number because it was their first fine that they're handing out. And then they said, hmm, hey, help us EU that you all have done, you know, dozens of them by now. Uh, what do you think? And they're like, oh, yeah, WhatsApp? Sure. $225 million. I, I, they go look at their balance sheet. You know that, right? <laughs> they say, how well, much money it, do they have it, in the coffers? Was, well, Let's was it not? Them. GDPR used to be, I mean, I'm sure it still is, a, a percentage of a minimum yeah. revenue amount or a percentage, whichever was higher. Percentage of revenue. Yeah, it was it was up to six percent of revenue, which is what right. which is what blew my mind right out of the gate because, for example, and I've talked about this on the show before, but um, Amazon, who operates, you know, in trillions of revenue. But at three percent margin, if you're going to find them at six percent, you're going to find them more than twice what they what they make in a year. You know, so, yeah. But it's up to it's up to six percent. Uh, and so that's that's an interesting piece here. I just uh, you know that's probably so it, that could Roku, be what EU's reasoning is. 
if you're Roku and you don't make money and you get fined, sorry, that was a pratty <laughs> joke. Never mind. You, you, get, you get wrecked. I just, I just, to me, the, the thing that's weird to, about this to me is, is why WhatsApp and not all of Facebook? The policies for WhatsApp, I can almost guarantee you, are not worse than Facebook's or Facebook Messengers. They're at least, at best, or at worst, the same, if not better, based on its previous history prior to acquisition, if they kept anything from what they're doing before. So I just find this odd so you're to saying me they're more clear. that Facebook is not the one being specifically fined here, or all of Facebook properties, because... I don't see a scenario where it could be dramatically different in what their policies are from the exact same company that provides the service. Sure. And it's also yeah. a privacy-focused prod- product, which means it probably has the same or better than Facebook itself, which is obviously not a privacy-focused product. Right. So I just well, that's what's weird to is, me that it's not Facebook. Yeah, the issue they have is, uh, is how, they're, um, how they're messaging that. So... Maybe it's a $225 million fine. And if they say, hey, uh, all right, fine, we'll fix all this stuff real quick within the next 30 days and we'll explain all this. Maybe the fine goes away. Maybe the fine gets reduced to $20 million. Um, but yeah. I'm and just interested they, to see what they're going to find Facebook. Facebook. Next. So I think yeah. Facebook can have like a billion dollar fine if, if that's the sure. case. Um, <laughs> sure. It's just, just crazy numbers, man. It's just crazy. But, you know, it's all for the betterment. Um, I think we're going to see more of this proliferate around the world. I mean, I think we, you know, California and New York both have similar ish yeah. types of data protection uh, policies. I think we'll see that propagate across the rest of the U S and other areas of the world. And so I think overall the EU is doing a good thing for, uh, for the users of the world. Dude, did y'all see the Twitter news? Uh, a couple of different things that they're doing as a heavy Twitter user. I, I liked seeing them. Um, I saw the, you uh, say something about one. privacy controls. I just didn't look into the specifics of it. Yeah, it only got like one like. What is going on? Like again, I post a picture of my dog and it's like 84 likes and then I post this like to Twitter information about all these new privacy features you get and no one cares. <laughs> People like personal stuff, man. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh so Twitter plans No. Don't what? Okay. Well, I can't read this article. I've already looked at it and now I have to subscribe. <laughs> I hate paywalls. <laughs> On news. Ugh. Anyway, uh, but it comes down to being able to archive old tweets uh, or hide the list of tweets that you've liked um, and cull your follower huh. list, right? Based on different analytics. Uh, this was this is on the heels of what was the other one that we talked about earlier this week? Um, the the auto ban stuff, where if somebody's yeah, like constantly harassing you, they've got an yeah, yeah they've got an AI tweet, engine tweet, that says. Tweet here. Yeah, we should we should put this user in timeout and and block them for seven days. And then let them I would, back out. I would have had a guy logging. like that on, uh, like last week or that whatever his yep. name was, T Rex. Oh, dude, I saw Longhorn that. dude or whatever. That was disgusting. He, he, he followed me around Twitter for a week, commenting on every single thing that I did related to Texas Tech. Or he was commenting on every Texas Tech post. It's clearly like a tech hate bot account in some respect. Yeah. But it's like it's a, and if you don't click on the profile, if you come across him, yes. it's not a good look. Um, no, it's not it's at bad. all. Yes, it's it's so that dude Uh, is a candidate for immediate seven day blocking. He's already blocked on mine, stuff like um, that. Yeah. So I hadn't dug into this prior to this point, but it is interesting. So the social networks plans reportedly include an option to archive old tweets so they're not visible to other users after a given period of time. So 30, 60, 90 days, maybe a year. 
Uh, and it could also include possible options to limit who can see the tweets that you've liked to your point that you brought up earlier. Yeah. Um, and let them people or let people remove themselves from a conversation, which would be really nice yes. in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, or Especially when you people... start arguing about like pineapple on pizza or mayo on sandwiches yeah. or something like get me out of this. Yeah. Uh, or let people remove <laughs> followers without outright blocking them. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. So that's that's that's, that's a interesting. Thing. Yeah. So right now today, that's basically like a soft block. Uh, is what they'll call it, where you you block them, and so it forces them to unfollow you, and then you unblock them, and now they can still see your profile, they can find you again, but you, they don't follow you anymore. So they're basically just saying, "Hey, I I'm going to not allow this person to follow me, but they can still see it or whatever." Or or That's call your following list by just going and picking accounts that you don't want following you. So <laughs> my question, I guess, at this point is why why now? Like, why hasn't this been considered? sooner i mean these these to me feel like well, you know just russ has the answer because jack doesn't pay attention to twitter <laughs> <laughs> that is true jack doesn't pay attention to twitter not at but, all I mean, these are these are features that that they easily could have implemented yeah. years ago you know and and i think actually have some value like I, I actually do like the idea of archiving tweets after a certain period of time because yeah me too i like the idea of going i i mean i've thought about this problem before how would I, if let's say I wanted to remove every like I've ever done, right? I have 19,000 tweets. I have 44.2 thousand likes. How would I Whoa. undo that? I'd have to go to my likes section in my profile and click through 44,200 likes. And that's not an exaggeration. I'm looking at the number. It's 44,200. But if I can just click a button that says unlike every tweet that you've ever liked, that's awesome. And that's yeah, an I'm easy curious. tool, right? Well, so, I don't but yeah, know, if you want to see, I don't know if it's yeah. going to do that. It, it's it's more so limit who can see which tweets that you've liked. Sure, yeah. So I'll limit it to just me, right? Hold on. How do you see this number? So go to your go to twitter.com. Yeah. Click on your profile, and then uh -huh. whenever you're looking at your page, go down to, to click on tweets, and you'll see right under your name at the very top, it'll say some number of tweets, and then go over to likes, and it'll change, and it'll say forty. It'll say whatever number of likes. Oh, and then yeah. you can go to media, and you can see that I've posted four thousand one hundred and forty-four photos or videos. Right? How many tweets this used to have be you more done? Yeah, uh, nineteen thousand. It actually used to be um, more apparent on the mobile, but now you now you have to do it on the on the desktop. Like if I go to at um, at Dell Tech, I can go see that they've posted five thousand six hundred and fifty-nine tweets. And it used to My be more specific. Like ratio is pretty close. It's almost one to one. It's ninety one hundred really? tweets, almost ninety two hundred, ninety one eighty one, and then twelve point yeah, so six thousand. Twelve, yeah. I mean, they're they're you know thirty five hundred away from each other in total. Yeah, so it's pretty close. Which I kind of yeah, I kind of felt bad. So Twitter is such a weird thing in that I started to feel bad that I was liking people's tweets because they did this whole algorithm where if you followed me. And I, I liked some other tweet of somebody that you didn't follow. It would show you that I liked this tweet of some topic or person that you didn't even follow because you thought, oh, maybe I'm interested in what Aaron's interested in. And so now, and then my homepage for some time, they, they fixed this, but for my homepage for quite a while, it was overrun with what other people were liking. You know what I mean? It wasn't even showing what people I was following uh, were saying. So anyway, I could talk about Twitter for four hours straight. <laughs> so... Well, you can, um, you can that fix news some of that is that it's going away. I'm just kidding. It's fine. 
schedule. <laughs> the Twitter's going away. Yeah. No, that's not a hot no, take that I can to, actually back up. No, you're about to be able to drop your um, your Ethereum and Bitcoin address into your Twitter profile, and people can send you Bitcoin or Ethereum just by sending it to your Twitter profile. That's all they have to exactly what we need Twitter for. So they can yeah, send all me they need Bitcoin is, and Ethereum. Yeah, at R Cantwell, but even still, like, <laughs> no one's going to be sending that stuff to people right now. We'll see. Okay. Um, did you guys see, just collect. maybe for the last thing, uh, it looks like Apple is going to push back the scanning. Is that, yeah. is that what we're seeing here? Yeah. Uh, they're not, not canceling it, right? They're just, they're just going to push it back. They're just saying they've um, delayed yeah. plans at this point to, to implement it. Um, which I mean, I think, I think it's probably good so that it gives, you know, researchers and advocacy groups and, you know, obviously customers, I think the opportunity to understand this better. Um, but certainly, I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting about face for a company that doesn't do that very often. Yeah, you need to, I think they need to work with that. Um, I don't know if it's Stanford or someone they, so a, a, a university research group created this already three or four years ago. And then they immediately had to stop the the project for ethical reasons. And so they they need to talk to that group about what they've already seen, in my opinion, because it seems like you already have an academic project that's gone down this route. That I I've, I the reason why I saw this, I saw them pleading with Apple. They were like, "You need to not do this. Like we are begging you. We've been down this road. We've done it." don't so I, I think it'd be interesting to, and i'm not saying that that's right or wrong i think it would be interesting to see for them to talk to an academic group that created this years ago and then stopped to see what they have to say and why if they're pushing this back to sort of you know provide improvements i think that group would probably be an interesting one for them to talk to and they're they're probably right down the road i'm almost certain it was stanford but um i could be wrong about that so yeah so an interesting one the statement at. the statement from apple is uh, they are taking, quote, additional time over the coming months to collect input and make improvements before releasing these critically important child safety features. So I don't think they're backing down saying that it's not something we still believe in, but they're at least yeah, yeah. pause and saying, um, yeah, let's, the, let's the gather Apple, some more. The, the article I pulled up said that they are promising improvements. I just think that they need to elicit some feedback of some people who've already done this in an academic setting i also I think they need to look at you know i'm curious to see what australia will ask them to do i'm not kidding like i know it's a funny joke right now but australia lost its mind in the last 48 hours yeah this is a perfect thing for them to demand apple to do something with and that's the exact type of concern that everyone has raised and i think that they're an example that apple should look to and say "Ooh, what if because they've already had to acquiesce to things in China. So what's to say they wouldn't have to do it elsewhere? Just pointing out yep. something it, to consider. It's a fair question. And I think that's that's the question that a lot of, you know, obviously, the, I don't want to call them naysayers, but the people that have largely been against this, this CSAM scanning or detection technology that they're looking to implement you know, uh, that's that's largely what they've called out is is what's to stop, you know, one of those other countries from saying, hey, you're right. going to insert this in your database so that you're scanning against it as well. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there's definitely I think um, when you guys had initially talked about this, Tyler mentioned, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope. Uh, it, can, it can definitely become that. I think that there I think this is the challenge when we're looking at any type of technology that's ultimately going to do this is who ultimately holds the keys. Um, 
who ultimately is are we answering to? And I I don't know that we really have a great answer for that as you know a country and honestly the world at this point. Well, you know what's funny is whenever because it's not just people who use Android phones that are critical of Apple over this. Like there's a, a large no, amount Apple of people out well. there. Yeah. yeah and like too. how often do Apple users criticize Apple? Seriously. How often? It's gotta be mm, for the I for mean, the I larger do. majority, very rare. I mean, I would you do it to try and prove to me and Tyler that you're not a shill. We know you are. It's not working, <laughs> but we get it. I mean, my favorite I, I thing consider, is being called a shill. That's like I, I would an consider, awesome insult. I would consider myself an Apple fanboy. Like I will, I will wear that banner proudly. Um, but I've been, you know, very skeptical of this. I, I've criticized Apple in the past on other things. Um, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know, again, that I want them to necessarily be the moral compass for the industry as a whole or for, you know, what the world is doing as a whole. And I think, again, it becomes a slippery slope when they try to be that because the reality of it is, is that it only takes so much regulatory pressure or even, you know, just pressure from uh, socialist governments, you know, that are ultimately pushing a specific agenda to cave under that pressure and now my data is at risk, you know, and any other Apple users data is at risk. And, and the reality of it is, is that I think the reason that we're so hard on them is because they take such a strong stance against privacy. Sure. And the fact that this feels so invasive compared to their normal stance. Yeah. And, and look, I, I have no issues with trusting Apple in general with the things that they usually do. I think that it's just interesting to me that anyone would want to try and be a moral compass. I just think it's a losing game, personally. I just don't think it's... I think that's... It, maybe it's a noble pursuit, but I just think it's from a worldview, which from a smartphone manufacturing perspective, it is a worldview. Let's be honest about this. Sure. That That is a real struggle, I think, for anyone. I mean, it's... Can you imagine if Google tried to do this? Like... The um, like the world would have exploded if Google was was coming out and saying something like this. Google, luckily, probably would just do it without telling any of us, and it'd be much better. And yes. and that's probably what Apple should have done. And, that, and that's honestly, it's dude, just amazing. I, the, I don't the want to sound like Google, can, Google's already yeah. doing this though. Like that, that's, that's what I was gonna say. I don't want to. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I'm yeah. Uh, Google's I, already doing this strictly because of the fact that again, we they're doing it. The only difference is they're doing it in the cloud. You know, and, and that's the difference here is the fact that Apple wants to do this on your phone in a way that is still maintains some level of privacy, you know, and I'm using air quotes for those that aren't on, on the uh, um, call today from a Telegram perspective. But like <laughs> they're, they're ultimately, you know, they're kind of trying to do the same thing and trying to be do the right thing from a, a CSAM perspective, because we can all agree, you know, this content that's out there is horrible. Right, you know, awful. And, and that's why Google and, and Facebook and others are doing this on a regular basis, but they're doing this in the cloud where your data are, is already at. The difference here is, is the fact that Apple's saying, hey, we're still doing this in the cloud, but we're also, we're doing this and scanning it on your phone, more than likely because they want to try to encrypt other things, you know, from a cloud perspective moving forward. Sure. The thing that yeah, I was... I mean, it like, makes sense to me. I sound like such a conspiracy theorist whenever I say something like this, but it's like... You have your tinfoil hat? Put it on. Yeah. Put it on. Ten, here we go. Here we go. 
But half the time, I feel like when I think about how ridiculous some of this stuff is, I step outside of what we are talking about and realize likely there's so much more other things that are already happening that we're not even angry about that this is like just a little chum to like get people talking and they don't even think about this other stuff that the companies are already doing. You know what I mean? But then when I say that, I start to sound like Alex Jones or something. And so I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that. <clears throat> There's also part part of the issue is, you know is I mean? knowledge of being able to do it, right? Um, so, like, if take for instance, there was years ago, whenever Apple was in that case, I don't know, someone, some criminal of some kind, did something and had an Apple phone, and they wouldn't unlock it for him because they didn't physically have the ability to do it. Yeah, there was no back door into the iPhone, right? This is a good right. thing. This is a positive. There's there's an there's a difference, a dramatic difference between there not being the ability to do something. And there being a policy against being able to do something. And whenever something is publicly known that you have the ability to do it, and the only thing preventing you is policy, people in power will try to influence. There's a dramatic difference. And in, in, we don't know about things companies can do and do versus knowing things they can do. And now having a policy against doing the bad stuff. And then someone with power coming and telling you, oh, we need to do these things because we know you can do them. So there is a difference whenever it's it's exposed and available that's that's with absolute certainty the the thing about apple is is this is where their transparency probably sort of bit them a little bit which is weird because usually when they're transparent it doesn't bite them even when it sits there and says to your face we won't let third parties take this data but all data on your phone is first party data according to iphone no matter where it goes and we're going to build our advertising business up that's all well and good cuz no one reads the fine print but when you can create a really cool headline like Apple's going to scan your phone without your permission, it's a bad look. So the, the knowledge of them being able to do something and the way it can be perceived is all the power you need to be able to do it. Look at WhatsApp. WhatsApp released a privacy policy update that basically changed nothing from what they were doing. Had the And they still encrypt all of your stuff that you use. And hundreds of millions of people moved away from WhatsApp based on that privacy policy change because people didn't understand what they were reading whenever they read it. And they thought that, that Facebook was now going to read your messages, which it doesn't. So, you know, that perception yeah. is reality thing seem, seems to hold true um, in pretty much all circumstances. It's like that, uh, what, was it the Whopper story? Um, Whopper story. I don't know if it was, if it was Burger King. Let's pretend it was Burger King, but Burger King came. I mean, they're still in business, but there's there's some story around how a burger chain tried to go compete against McDonald's and sell a third pound burger for the same price or less. I can't remember what the price was than McDonald's quarter pounder burger, but it failed because most burger buyers thought that a third was less than a quarter, and that's why they were paying less to get less. They were paying less to get more, but it failed, and so. It's a perfect example of what you're just describing, how WhatsApp changed this policy that's, and people misunderstood it. And so they left. <laughs> that's maybe more of an indictment on the education system, more than a lack Correct. of digging into, uh, you know, whatever the fine print is. Yeah. But that's well, just, uh, thing, yeah. that's pretty funny. That's funny to me. Yeah. All right. Are we shutting the sucker down? We got anything else we need to talk about? Uh, there's a bunch more links in, in the uh, community chat here. I don't have anything else. I'm probably getting to a point to where we need to shut this down at some point. Or should, should we wait for Apple to today. tell us it's it's okay? Apple shill. 
Not use it. Just All right. Really. You shut it shut it down. Uh Darren, well, Darren, do you have anything else? No, no, I think we're good. All right, cool. Then we out. Uh uh, we're good then. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast in the new format. Uh, this is actually my first time joining the new format. Uh, it's pretty solid. I like I like what you're doing here, Telegram. Solid work. Uh, please like, share, tell your friends about it. Uh, call Aaron a Apple shill whenever you get the opportunity, preferably it's on a Twitter. Show of any kind. Never placed. Really a show of any kind. It doesn't, it doesn't have to Especially be Apple. He just likes though. being called a shill. He has a crypto, crypto shill. shill is the, um, yeah, that's, that's the hot thing today. Call me a crypto shill. There we go. I think that we're going to be invaded by the shillness of CrossFit in the near future. So look out for that coming from him as well. Uh, But other than that, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And until then, we'll talk to you next time. Later. See you.